The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hi. And Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello to both of you. Well, welcome back. Uh, We uh, have some news. This is the season in which all the big tech companies, the FANG, I don't know if you've heard that acronym, Facebook, Apple... Netflix, Amazon, and Google. I got them out of order, but it's Fang. They all make their big announcements for this year. So Facebook had F8. Microsoft is not in Fang, but they had their build conference. Google just had IO. I don't know when Netflix does doing its thing, but Apple's got the the uh, the Worldwide Developer Conference coming up. So this is sort of the, the the month and a half to two months where we get all this information. So our first segment, I wanted to t- talk about this news that came out of Facebook. They're their big shift in focus. They've decided that privacy is the thing, which is ironic. <laughs> but, right. but given their woes over the past couple of years, that, that would probably make sense that they're paying attention anyway. But part of this focus on privacy is they're de-emphasizing the news feed, which is that it's the main part of Google that you probably use, I mean, Google, of Facebook, that you probably use that has all your friends' posts in it in favor of groups, which are, it's sort of like a subset in which which people gather under topics or you have to intentionally join or someone joins you for you. I I have made it clear to my friends that I do not like being added to groups without being asked first. So we have these big changes. And so I I thought we'd kind of go through the the big announcements that Facebook has made, the, the, the big key changes that they say are coming. Uh, one by one, if, because there was a, a couple of key things that all you know work together. So the first one is this redesign. They're going to focus Facebook around groups and events. They said people are using groups, uh, using the newsfeed less, and they want to go to groups and events. How do you use Facebook yourself primarily? Uh, we'll start with you, Pat. Like, how what you from your point of view how do you use or prefer to use facebook okay the first thing i do when i get into facebook is go up and look at the notifications to see who's posted something in my feed and i go through the ones that i like to keep up with most and then later on when i have time i'll actually click on my feed button and i like to see it in chronological order so i've got a special bookmark for that and then i'll go through and look at that I've only got a couple of groups, and it sounds like groups is kind of like Google Circles, right. you know, the old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I'd never caught on to using that either. Uh, you know, I tried, but it wasn't wasn't what I used. And then Messenger, I only use with a couple of people, and very very limited. Uh, most of what I do is is through the feed. Yeah. How about you, Father Andrew, uh, on Facebook? How do you use Facebook? I think you mentioned you don't, you don't use it a very lot. Is, are you, was that you? or 
Um, I use it and I don't kind of all at the same time. I don't post a lot unless I'm sharing a, a link or, you know, a link to the podcaster. Um, I often, if I post a picture on Instagram, that'll get pushed out to Facebook, but I don't just, Facebook isn't, isn't where I type something up and share it on my Facebook feed. So actually I was, I watched a bit of that, the, the conference, um, F8 and, uh, I'm kind of on the other side of it than Pat because I actually do use groups and messenger way more than I use the news feed. Um, and probably because what, or what's causing that is my news feed is just bombarded with a lot of just junk. And so I don't particularly like just scrolling through that. Occasionally there's uh family or friends that are posting pictures that I, that I like to see, but, where I'm way more interested is is in the the groups that I'm involved in um because that's that's usually what I use it for and then what I also use it for is just to keep in touch with people so I'm again using messenger over just the facebook news feed interface so i I actually think it's prob it's a good thing for me i I could get rid of the news feed and not really uh be too concerned about it but uh, I, I'm hoping they don't get rid of it entirely. I wonder if there's a bit of a generational divide on that, whether folks who are younger tend toward groups, people the gathering in groups where things can be private and smaller discussions and events. I'm I'm an old married guy. I don't do events. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. Events are just meaningless to yeah. me, except exactly. for when my church posts stuff about Easter vigil or something. You know, other than that. Sure. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing is I don't have much of a of the the kind of social life that has me, you know, going to all these events. I mean, maybe in a few years when my kids are grown out, uh, but you know, I end up I, I tend to be a homebody with the kids a lot. So so the events have never really been a big for me, except again when I've worked for organizations that used events to to connect with people. Right. Uh, so, so so there's that. I I, I mean I I do get that, you know. It is kind of this divide. I use the I use the newsfeed primarily, and my wife does, and a lot of our friends do. We share, and, and we use it in many ways, like we used to use blogs. We share articles that are interesting, and then have conversations about them. And I'm wondering if if this reorganization goes where where I, you know they they claim it is, whether we'll just end up creating a big group that's all of that's everyone, you know, sort of like what we did ended up with doing with Google circles where yeah. there was a circle that had every, you know, the, the subset was of all your friends. And I wonder if that's kind of where that's going. Sure. It might. Uh, I, I had a quick comment on your generational uh, perspective. I think you, you might be very, very right there that when I first joined Facebook, it was exclusive to college students. I had to have a .edu email address to even join Facebook. And so even from that perspective, it was essentially the same thing as you logged in using your college email and you were connected to the group of the college students who also use their email to log in. And then as Facebook opened things up, you have everybody joining Facebook and perhaps the younger people, it's when grandma and grandpa get on Facebook and all the aunts and uncles. And, and there might be this, this sense of, well, I, I appreciated having this tight knit group that, you know, I don't necessarily want grandma and grandpa to, 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 you know, whatever, see what I'm doing at college, which, you know, for, for good or for ill. 
so perhaps that's feeding into this as well. It's that's not quite my perspective on it. I I like I mean, as a public person, I have so many friends on Facebook and I'm perfectly happy sharing whatever with everyone. But I still also when, I, when I'm communicating with people, it's very much more of that individual or a group kind of setting. I kind of feel like I, that I might like to have groups where I could have subsets of friends because right now the newsfeed is is kind of unless you are very careful about the privacy settings or the the viewing the view settings of each post it becomes tedious so i end up just everything's public or or friend some people just it's just friends but but i would like to sometimes have places where i could talk about say controversial things with a group of friends that that understand me that that we're not going to that we do, not going to end up in vituperation and and anger and hurling insults or whatever you know what i mean uh, it would be nice to have subsets of of things so I, I get that i mean i have a few groups i have a like a star wars uh movie discussion group and the was the catholic uh catholic tardis group i just joined which is for doctor who fans obviously catholic doctor nice, who fans yeah. uh which as uh, as a host of the secrets of Doctor Who. That seems to be a de rigueur for me, but so uh, it it remains to be seen. Uh, and some of these other uh, announcements that they made uh, sort of feed into that. Uh, I want to move to one of the other ones that they mentioned is uh, changes to Instagram. So they're adding you know new filters and things like that, and that's that's fine. That's, that's always coming. But one of the things they're doing is they they're experimenting with. Uh, almost entirely hiding likes from the feed. And that's an interesting psychological thing. Uh, from Again, from my perspective, likes are, you know, whatever. I mean, sometimes I'll like a friend's post. But apparently, I've, and I've, I've heard podcasts and read articles that talked about for certain ages, especially like middle school and girls, especially, the there's a huge social element to... Whether you've liked a friend's picture, whether, how soon you've liked it, uh, what your comment is on it, like there's a whole, all this uh, angst built up over that, and so I, I can see that. What do you think of of that? Of this that's just changed to Instagram? I think it's a great thing. It, as you were talking about it, it actually reminded me of MySpace when there were your top eight friends. Oh, yes, and. I remember being in high school and having a lot of angst when I had someone as my top eight friends and I was not reciprocal. (laughs) And I mean, and it sounds incredibly silly, but as a, as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, you're trying to find your way in the world. You're not exactly necessarily comfortable with who you are. And so you're looking for that affirmation. And so of course on MySpace or Instagram, it's, it's kind of a, a false affirmation. And so I, I personally think it's great because if you take away the, the number associated with the likes, ideally what you're going to do is you're going to cut the pride aspect and the envy aspect, both capital sins, of course, where one, I'm, I'm just looking at myself and wanted to gather as much likes as possible and be better than everybody else. But then the other one would be the opposite that Uh, someone else is getting all these likes and therefore I am envious of them and want them to fail because they are outdoing me in likes. So I'm, I'm hoping that at least on a psychological level, maybe that's what some of the result will be is that you'll finally just kind of not worry so much about the likes and 
focus more on, you know, the, the family picture that you're sharing or whatever your cute cat on Instagram or whatever you're sharing, you know. There, I remember reading about the these this this group. I think it was uh, This American Life did a story a couple years ago where this one girl, she was in seventh grade, was saying that she had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to check her Instagram in case any of her friends posted a picture overnight so that she could like it before school so that, they, that she didn't get there. And they say, well, you didn't like my photo. What's wrong with you? And, and exclude her. I mean, this is I, I think the whole like ecosystem whether it's facebook or twitter or instagram or whatnot has really tapped into a psychological uh, soft spot in us uh and and that young people as you mentioned father are especially vulnerable to that because they're building their social uh muscles at that age they're really figuring out who they are and how they fit in so uh, that's a good point pat any anything on that well, I, uh, I don't use Instagram, uh, but I was thinking about likes and views uh, in terms of like, I use Facebook also to share technical information. And so I do use likes and how many people have viewed it to know whether a particular topic might be something that more people are interested in. So I can, you know, oh, make sure that I that I follow up on something. But, uh, yeah, I don't use Instagram likes. Didn't I hear that Twitter was going to be doing away with likes? Or I think there's talk of it. Yeah, there's talk of it, either change, changing it to something else or doing away with it altogether. Um, but then you just use retweets as a measure of, of popularity. But, but yeah, you, that's true. You make a good point, which is uh, because Facebook has the algorithm – so it doesn't just show you everything. It tries to figure out what you will want to see, you know, using magic and, and smoke and mirrors. But it's part of it is based on how often like for a, a post is liked or commented on and that sort of thing. But if they're hiding that, yeah, or shared, if they start hiding that, then it becomes harder to figure out, well, is, you know, is this a post that, that will get traction? Do Do I continue to ask people to like a post if even if no one can see it? I mean. That's that. It's sort is of it, because, is it valuable, right? You know, you're asking if a post is valuable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that th th introduces some uncertainty in that. And in fact, all of these changes uh, introduce uncertainty not just for uh, individual profiles, but for people like me who operates pages for StarQuest and for podcasts that we do and that that sort of thing. Uh, if we're not in the groups, we're only in the news feeds and, and less and less so these days, you know, unfortunately. So what are we going to do? And one of the things that uh, Facebook has been encouraging pages to do is to create groups associated with your page, which we may do. We may start a StarQuest group. That might be a fun thing to do. So so basically what you're almost doing is converting what used to be a page into a group. Yeah, the page still exists, but a lot of the interaction will be in a in a group because then the interactions right now for like for, say for StarQuest happen based on uh individual episodes of shows because that's mainly what we post in our in our page whereas a group could be anything any conversation in anyone can start a conversation that sort of thing so uh, it 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 bears some watching the thing is is the users will do what the users will do no matter how they reorganize the app people will still do things 
So let's talk about the the, uh, the next big change, which is the the the, the prominence of Facebook Messenger. Uh, right now, Messenger lives as a separate app on your phone, but it's built into the the desktop. Um, and th- they've talked about they're going to start end to end encrypting Messenger, which is one of the big criticisms. Uh, iMessage on iOS has been end to end encrypted, which means that uh, your phone encrypts it on one side and all the way through the internet to the other person's phone, it is not readable by anyone until it gets to the other person's phone, and then that person can read it. And that's that's a that's high privacy, high security. And Messenger has not been that uh, to this point. And so they're they're going to start end to end encrypting, and then they're going to put a lot of these. It's almost like they want to push your 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 closed friend social network into Messenger. There'll be a lot of these group discussion sort of features in it and really aimed at people who kind of know each other in real life, I think. So uh, what do you think of that? Uh, I think I like the idea of a desktop app for Messenger, frankly, because I find Messenger in the browser to be a kind of a pain. Um, and I, sometimes I'll get a, I'll get a message and I'll, I'll pick it purposely and I'm at my computer, but I'll pick up my phone because it's easier to reply there. Uh, but uh, so what do you anything about the changes to Messenger that that interest you? I again think that it's a, a positive thing because I use Messenger a lot. Uh even in the sense of there I've I've connected with people kind of outside of my normal group of friends, uh whether it's out in the community, like I said with, with Pokemon Go, I've connected with people and have been able to to touch base with them individually through Messenger. Um, but also things like we're putting together a, a food truck uh festival where we're bringing a bunch of food trucks to the cathedral and and to reach out to them through Facebook Messenger has been my primary means of communication. And and so I I again am am glad that they're they're focusing a lot on especially the the privacy part. I think that that is yeah, that's, a that's a biggie. A step towards healing uh the the you know the mistakes that Facebook has made uh and it's still going to take some time to kind of to work through that but but I think it's I, I think it's a, a, a good thing and it's a way for me even to to be able to communicate with people and I don't have to give out my personal cell phone number. So it helps on that level too. And then I can send, I can send attachments through messenger. I can send pictures. Um, I could even do a, a video call if I, if I really wanted to. So I, I think the changes are, are positive. Yeah, I have, um, I, I'm a den leader in my, my, my boys Cub Scout troop and I have to communicate regularly with the other den dads and it's a kind of a pain because we do it all via text and it's such a, it's such a hassle, the texting and making sure we get everybody's number. Everybody's all these guys are on Facebook. We should just have a Facebook messenger group that we use. And I think that sort of thing makes sense. It, I know that some people have moved from Facebook for to communicate with their close friends to things like Slack, which is a business communications tool. We use it in StarQuest. So, you know, for organizing things, uh, I've actually mentioned it to my wife that maybe we should start a family Slack team. Uh, she is opposed to this idea. She thinks it's way too much, <laughs> way too geeky and complicated. <laughs> but she thinks you'd be a slacker. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I like the idea of these changes to Messenger. So it, it, oh, I've got a couple of comments, I guess. I don't use Messenger as much because sometimes I got burnt by a relative posting a group message oh, in Facebook. Yeah. And it's it was this constant bombardment of replies and stuff. And they finally gave you a way to leave the group message. 
But that that kind of just turned me off of Messenger. Um, the other thing is I noticed that in the, the write-up on Messenger, they talked about maybe including more stories. So it's almost like what they're trying to do is recombine Messenger with what they like about Facebook. You know, so it, they'd separated them out for a while. It's almost like, oh, we're going to bring stories back. So we're almost combining them again. And and stories to me is weird because most of the stories I see are a still picture that is played like a video. Uh, you know, when po- people don't understand how to use it or whatever. And it's like they, they post it on Instagram, too. And then, you know, it's like I don't understand the purpose of stories except that it goes away. Yeah, it's the it's a visual post, I guess. I mean, it's a picture based post, and I, I, I mean, I kind of get that. But you're right. I I've I don't I don't use stories. I I, I sometimes look at other people's stories, uh, but I do, I don't necessarily get it. But um, I don't think I, we're the audience for it. I think it's a this is this is how a the a, a younger demo is using these the, the social media, and they're not they're not posting they're not posting things that have necessarily that that they want to have lasting value in long conversations they want to post reactions and quick things and right uh, maybe so yeah but it feels cluttered it does feel cluttered and it feels like I, they keep shoving s- stories at us everywhere they can in instagram and facebook and hey it's in messenger you know see, take a look at it over here um and 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 I, if the message is clear we're, we're not the primary audience for it i guess but so. I even think that the audience is below me because I I think stories are are kind of strange and I and I wonder and I I don't know the genesis of it but I suspect it might be Snapchat is the the origins of that whole idea which I have just found completely odd and silly I when, when I right when I post something to to Instagram or Facebook. I don't want it to be there for 24 hours and then disappear. It's I'm there to share it with whomever and to be able to go back to it or have comments or threads. And the stories are like, yeah, if you're at an event and you're posting at the event with a story, it's kind of a live updating of what you're doing and then it disappears. But again, that's contrary to what I want to use Instagram and Facebook for. And so I, I Snapchat, I, the, the youth made me get it when I went to world youth day and, I quit using it about a month later because <laughs> I just couldn't couldn't do it. So. Yeah, I had some friends who were Snapchat users. Uh, Father Roderick von Hogan was one of the founders of SQPN. When he, especially, I think I think he was still using it when he did his Camino to uh, Santiago de Compostela in Spain, and he did a lot of Snapchatting. But I found it I found it kind of exhausting. Not just not from him, just in general, trying to keep up with my friends' Snapchats. Like. Oh, it's going to go away. I've got to watch it before it goes away. And oh, the anxiety. I'm like, no, I, I, I admit I have a, 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 a psychological issue with FOMO. All right. I have a fear of missing out things. And so I have to be I gotta make sure I use it. I got to make sure I do it. I make sure I don't miss it. No, it's too, a little too much, too anxious for me. <laughs> I'm fine with just finding things on Facebook. And I mean, this is why I don't use Twitter as much as I should, because it just the, the feed just flies past it's too fast. And I miss you know, half the conversations. So uh, I, I could do without stories. So they, they mentioned something about the, the Oculus Rift um, in the, in the, uh, what is it? Oculus Rift Quest and the Oculus uh, Rift S more, more of the headsets, the uh, VR headsets 
it didn't look like that there was a lot of change to this. The price is interesting, three ninety nine. It's kind of it's too high for me, but it's interesting that it's coming down. So it's it, it you know I, I VR seems to be still hanging on. Uh, we had a discussion I think a few a few episodes ago where we talked about we thought maybe AR is more likely to have a long term. But uh, was there anything about the VR that caught your eye that that, that was interesting? I'm I'm interested in it because of Vader Immortal. Well, yes, there's that. So that's that's <laughs> I I did pre-order one of the Oculus Quests, so I'll oh. have to let you know. And and I haven't been too sold on VR, but but the new the the new Star Wars game has me quite intrigued. That's true. I'm I'm not going to think too much about that because I I really cannot <laughs> spend that much. If I ever on get that. to Boston, I'll let you try mine. Oh, good, good, good. I'll, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> okay, perfect. So you let's do a story about it and, and that's right. photograph that's yourself right. doing it. Oh my gosh, that's, that's you know how ridiculous I would look. <laughs> it's the Inception. It's oh. Facebook Inception. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the. Uh, this is the best one because this is the worst idea. I think maybe the worst idea I've ever seen. It's uh, so apparently Facebook is testing Facebook dating in 14 countries, not the U.S. And this is why it's not the U.S., because this is this is going to end up as they're testing it out and figuring out how it works. There will be a, a, a ton of bad things happen to people through Facebook dating, and they don't want that to be in the New York Times and the L.A. Times and the Chicago Tribune or whatever newspaper uh, on a regular basis. So they test it uh, outside of the country until they they feel like they got the worst of the the bugs uh, out of it. So Facebook dating and part of this Facebook dating is they're, they're going to have a feature called secret crush. And this is what you create a secret list of Facebook friends that you're attracted to, that you have a, a, a crush on. You know, you can you get already how what the age range of that they're aiming at here is. And if they also are using secret crush and you're on their list. Facebook will notify the two of you that there's a match. This is a terrible idea. I mean, think I can think of half a dozen ways this can be abused. I mean, how many marriages will be destroyed by this? I mean, this right off the bat on that. I mean, this is uh, the idea of people. Oh, I'm just going to create this list for fun just to see what happens. And then suddenly something pops up. I mean, that, oh, my gosh, this is a horrible thing. Uh, I mean, stalking. Uh, catfishing, all these these internet problems. <laughs> Sorry, my, my rant's over. Why don't you join in <laughs> with what you, you have to say about Facebook dating and secret crush? It sounds like junior high school. Yeah, yes. like I'm going to create the list of the, the boys or the girls that I like and, you know, secretly share that list around. I, it's It's absolutely horrible, I think. But in general, I'm... I don't know. I was kind of trying to relate it to to online dating, because that's essentially what they're trying to do, but with within Facebook's uh, art, uh, setup. And I still am not a fan of of online dating. I I just I think you're lacking, and and even the whole social media, Facebook, all of this, you're you're lacking actual physical one to one real interaction with people. And I have to be careful what I say, too, because my brother and sister-in-law met on Catholic Match. So <laughs> Right, right. Well, I was going to say, there are some there are some success that stories. people that yeah. that is the way they met. But yeah. that was just the introduction. They followed yep. it up in real life. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's definitely the key. And so if you're, if you're matched up with someone on Facebook because you have a crush on them, there is no actual deeper connection there other than 
lust, dare I say, or a physical uh, attraction. Well, you know, the key here is that you have to already be friends on Facebook. Okay. okay. So now that doesn't mean you actually, I have thousands of Facebook friends. I, mo- <laughs> many of these people I don't actually know personally. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And uh, I do want to you clarify, while there are many people who met online and through online dating and who have wonderful relationships, that so it's not to say that online dating can't lead to good good outcomes, but that online dating uh, is introduces new dangers. Maybe is that a, a way that weren't there in other kinds of dating? Uh, you know, new problems that we're still sorting out as a society. I think so. Uh, the the thing here is so with Facebook dating, you have to create a dating profile, but you don't need a dating profile in order to have a secret crush list. So they're, they're, so they're, they're not necessarily synonymous, too. But uh, I get what Facebook is thinking. Like, they have, they know more about everybody, uh, you know, what is it, 3 billion people? They know more about 3 billion people than any other institution in the world. And they have the, the, you know, the social graph that they talk about. So who better to find the perfect match for you is what they're thinking. I'm thinking this is a terrible <laughs> idea. I just, I mean, it, it 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 creeps me out even more how much they know. And and frankly, once they start, uh, you know, sending ads to married people to start join Facebook dating, because they will, because I get ads for all kinds of crazy stuff that doesn't really apply to me on Facebook. Like, I don't know. It's just I, this is a bad, bad thing that's going to happen to to a lot of people if this rolls out. Uh, I just hope they... So what you're saying is it would become an adulterer's club at some point. <laughs> right, right. What, yeah. is that, what was that uh, adulterer's dating site that got... There was one. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they, and they had, like, they actually got hacked and all this information got out and all these people freaked out. Uh, serves you right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's just, it's just a, a bad... I think it's a bad idea. This is... Oh, I can't. I just got. I, uh, for humor, I just so like to sit and think about what was that. What was that meeting like where they came up with this idea? Like where they all said, "Oh, that's a great idea." Oh, what and, were they smoking? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of smoking, maybe we'll move on to our next uh, segment, our next topic for today. This is also sort of privacy related, and it's about how this study was done by. Uh, See, it's a, what was the it was a the University of New South Wales, that's in Australia, and the Department of Psychiatry at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. That's here in Boston, where I am. They had a study that they did of the 36 of the top ranking free apps that help you stop smoking or help you deal with depression that are available for Android and iOS in the U.S. and Australia. OK, so. These 36 apps for smoking cessation and helping you deal with mental uh, health issues. And there's a lot of a lot of data there. But the, the bottom line is they found that most of these apps uh, fail to provide disclosure of them giving private information of their users to third parties. So. The question is, is what kind of information? Is this something we should be worried about? Um, some some people said, well, it, they're only sharing analytics, you know, basic analytics that every app has to, you know, how many people open the app? When do they open it? What kinds of what features do they use? Anonymized 
But what do you think of this? I could see where if it ever got beyond the general analytics where they start pinning you down by how many were of a certain age did, of a certain region where you where you lived. I know one of the security experts that I listened to his podcast on talked about that, that really it develops a, a fingerprint. Even though you don't know their name, you have something that actually ties back to an individual through all of these connections. And so it's a short jump to being able to tell your insurance company that, gosh, you're interested in a smoking cessation app or your employer that you're using an anti-depression app. That's scary. It turns out that even though they don't share your username, there are these anonymized advertising identifiers. You are user number 13579, say. And that identifier is used across apps and across services. So they can then begin to track your behavior throughout the internet or over in space, even like if, if they track your phone being in a particular place. And that can create a, a digital fingerprint of you that could possibly right. identify you. That's kind of scary. So one of the things I, I read about was how a, uh, a Kickstarter user was, was uh, sued by the FTC, uh, not user, a Kickstarter uh, project was sued by the FTC because they were selling the information about their backers to third parties. Hey, these are people who are interested enough in this kind of product to back a Kickstarter. And they were that's how they were profiting from from the wow. Kickstarter. Uh, they made uh, something like a, something hundred some odd thousand dollars uh, from doing that. Just just from that part. Never mind what they collected from the. It's hard because in this day and age, you almost can't expect privacy if you're going to do anything online because there's always something your IP address something is going to connect you to, you know, the websites that you go to, the apps that you use, and so. I mean, I think it's a problem, but I I am more inclined to say if you're going to use some sort of device to try to help you quit smoking or, or help with depression, I would avoid the apps entirely unless it's just an informative sort of thing rather than a tracking sort of thing. One of the points that was made in one article I was reading was saying, if you're going to use an app like this, make sure it's not Internet connected. In other words, that you're not logging in with a user ID password, that it is, you know, and uh, and they also said iOS apps were much more secure than Android apps in terms of, of that type of problem. Apple does mm -hmm. lock that sort of thing down. Yeah. It, one, one of the things that's more from a, from a Catholic perspective is, is there are a number of apps that help you with going to confession. Confession, yeah. Yeah, yep. and uh, examination of conscience, it's a Catholic practice where we, you know, we look at what we've done and see if there are any sins we need to confess. And these things kind of guide you through, you know, certain behaviors and things that you might might have done. And you could and some of them let you check it off. And then you go into the confessional and you read your checklist. And, you know, that that sort of information, once it's recorded digitally, it could mm -hmm. potentially be slurped up. Uh, when I've used those those sorts of things, I'm trying to get away from that sort of thing and just using one that I just read and think and think about and try to remember, uh, remembering things that, that this day and age, uh, is not as easy for me as it once was, but, but I, I'll try to make a good confession, but, but b back in the time when I would use these apps to, to, and check things off, I would download the app when I got into the church or, or before use it and then 
with uh with the cell data turned off and then delete it before I turn cell data back on. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, it's I, hard though. Yeah, and that's maybe a little more paranoid than I needed to be, but I still felt better. I, not that there's any I mean, not that there's anything in there. I mean, at at this point, uh, the stuff in my confessions are <laughs> they're pretty mundane. I, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not a a, a secret mastermind super criminal uh, you know, <laughs> out there that's hiding in plain sight. I mean, it's it's uh, it wouldn't bother me too much, but uh, I'm still not going to tell you all what I confess. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, you know, there's certain behaviors that you know that we maybe need to pick up and think about, or at least think about. Ultimately, I don't think there is anything at all wrong with a good old fashioned pencil and paper. <laughs> That's right. You know, there is something to be said for that. And I see more and more people carrying around notebooks and journals. And I've had the the case where I where I tried to read from my list in confession and my phone, you know, timed out and turned off. And I'm like, excuse me, father, while I enter my password. Uh, it's just it's, it's just, yeah, a little piece of paper in, and, and a match. Uh, and a little yes. <laughs> that yep. takes care of it. Isn't that what the votive lights are for? <laughs> <laughs> the sensor for the incense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So let's let's move on to uh, so something a little more uh, uh, uplifting, perhaps. And uh, our picks of the week. Uh, I, I always enjoy hearing what everyone has to has to pick and, and offer to our audience. Uh, this is where we you know something that's caught our eye, something that's interesting from a tech perspective. So, uh, Pat, I'll let you go first. What, what's your pick of the week this week? Okay, well, I see a lot of people out in the in my job. And so one of the things that they're concerned about is how many spam calls they're getting or scam calls or fraud calls or telemarketers. And uh, in looking into that, AT&T has a app that's free for any of their users called AT&T Call Protect. When you look at Call Protect, it actually uses the platform Hiya, H-I-Y-A, as its base. So for people who aren't on AT&T, they could go to Hiya and download that app on either Android or iOS, and it would be a help to block or and or notify you when a telemarketer is calling. So you can just look at it and say, nope, not going to answer it. The fraud calls, the ones that they consider fraud, it actually blocks the call. You get a notice that it, that somebody tried, but it never rings. You never see it. And I like that. It is very um, nice. There are uh, a whole bunch of uh, partners uh, with Haya uh, that are on the Samsung and a couple of other devices. Plus, uh, I put a sh- link in the uh, in my notes about other places like Verizon, what they're using. For they're using a variant, I think, of No More Robo. Yep. And so, anyway, that whole idea of lessening the angst or the anxiety when a phone call comes in—that's that's kind of what my pick of the week was. Excellent. Yeah, there are there are a lot of good apps out there, and and nowadays most of the carriers have one that they're providing to to their to their users free of charge. So definitely check that out. That's a good one. Thank you. Father Angie, you had something fun uh, of this past week, uh, and I think maybe your pick of the week. Yeah, so actually, it's kind of fun, Pat. Your link that you that you posted yes, in, in the that. notes uh, <laughs> is from uh, Kim Commando, who she she wrote a, a column in February, and so that's one that that Pat was referring to. 
but my my pick of the week is is Kim Commando's whole slew of her website, her radio show, um, and all the things that she does. She is a nationally syndicated radio talk show host on all things technology, and so she has been on the. Uh, she does a three-hour weekend show, and she's been on the air for well over 20-plus years. I'm not entirely sure exactly how long. And so she has all sorts of, of news, tips, tricks, free podcasts. Uh, she's now on the Bloomberg TV show talking about technology, and she has people call into her, her weekend radio show You know, from things to, I'm buying a new camera, what should I get, to how do I secure my router, you know, the whole the whole gamut of, of all things technology she'll she'll deal with. And so I, I threw her in and her website, K-O-M-A-N-D-O dot com is her website. And I wanted to throw her into the to my pick of the week because this particular week I had the the privilege of being on the Kim Commando show. And I got to talk about my journey with her uh, because I've known her personally for close to 15 years. I wow. started to listen to her on a cassette tape from my Aunt Kay <laughs> had given me a cassette tape of the Kim Commando show. And so 15 years ago, I started listening to to her show and had the opportunity to to beta test her website back in 2006 and then got invited to fly to Phoenix with a bunch of other beta testers to meet her. And so I brought my Aunt Kay along and we, we got to meet uh, Kim and all of her staff. And we've been in touch ever since. She's Catholic. And so that was another cool connection there. And her and I have been in communication pretty much uh, the entirety of my journey. And I was going to go into computer science when I graduated. And then I jumped into seminary. And then, of course, got to become a co-host for The Secrets of Technology, which was a, a phenomenal thing. And God just kind of, you know, was plotting this course for me. And so I texted Kim and shared with her the good news, and she immediately invited me to come on the show and share the entire story. So if you listened at all to the weekend of May 4th, May 4th and 5th, uh, I was on during the first hour sharing my story and, and got to gotta make a plug for the Secrets of Technology podcast, which was awesome. And I'll be on Bloomberg TV sometime in the coming weeks. So that should be awesome, too. Awesome. Well, welcome to so cool. to the Kim Commando listeners who've uh, ventured out to check Absolutely. out this podcast. We hope you enjoy it and stay subscribed. And uh, I'll see if I can find a link to that first hour of the podcast, too, so they can get people directly to that so they can check that out. We'll probably have to wait until it, it airs on Bloomberg TV, because to access her, her weekend podcast, you have to be a Kim's Club member, which, oh, which right. costs. Okay, uh, okay. But but once it gets once it gets up on Bloomberg TV, she posts those on YouTube. So I will I will forward that link around. All right, we'll get that out. We'll get that out so the listeners can uh, can check it out too. So that's awesome, great. And just to to clarify too, Kim has a bunch of other podcasts that she does that are completely free of charge, and all of her tech, her tips and stuff on her website and news are also free of charge. Awesome. She has an email newsletter too yep. that I subscribed to way back when, and uh, so I've been a King Commando follower for a long time. And uh, so I was really ch uh, tickled when you when I saw that you were on there. That's so cool. Awesome. And I had no idea she was Catholic. Yeah, I didn't either until at one point she mentioned her son's confirmation. And so it caused me to ask her because her son, Ian, was was th was in third grade at the time. And in Phoenix, where she's located, they have reordered the sacraments. So they received confirmation and first communion at third grade. And so then that prompted the whole conversation. So. 
Well, since she goes by digital goddess, I would not have thought she was Catholic. <laughs> yeah, and she has a trademark too. So <laughs> yes, yes, she does. Very good. Actually, Pat, I heard about Kim Camino first from you. Uh, oh, you did. You had sent me and forwarded an email message uh, just to, uh, to remind folks, Pat, it's my mother-in-law, uh, and so uh, we've known each other for nigh on twelve, thirteen years. And so I remember you sending me a, a link way back when. Uh, so that's very cool. Excellent. Thank you, Father Andrew. That's that's awesome. So absolutely. My pick is is a bit unusual. It's not electronic. In fact, it is not uh, uh, powered at all except by human force, but it is a gadget. It is the Sunjo push mower or a, a rotary reel mower. Now, I would never have imagined that, that I would give up my gas mower for a push mower. In fact, I haven't given up the gas mower. I still got it. But uh, I got a chance to try this out, to 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 review it. A few, a few months ago, and we finally have weather where we can actually mow in in, in New England. <laughs> so, and one of the things that I've been thinking lately is, is I want my kids to, to sort of help out with the yard work. And uh, my son is about to turn 10. Yeah, he's about to turn 10 <laughs> this summer. And I didn't feel confident with him pushing a gas mower. I thought it might be too much for him and, and he'd get overwhelmed by it. But a push mower, it's just his speed. And he loves getting out there and he's he he's gets you know gets a workout and it's he's he he gets a, works up a sweat and bo- little boys they need to work up a sweat and get out there and do some work and then my 8 year old he's out there too and he's decided he wants to to help out and so he's doing it it's it's a little different from a regular mower it doesn't have the engine to 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 power through things so every twig and stick you have to kind of stop and you know, if you're big enough, like a, an adult man, you could push right through most of the the twigs, and you'll break them up with the the rotary. But with the kids, they have to flip the thing, pull out the, the twig, and then and then go back at it. Uh, but it's it's a it's great. We don't need, I don't have to buy gas. I don't have to take it to the shop for maintenance. Uh, the, it's you know it's ready to go at a moment's notice, uh, and it's so it's it's actually I'm really excited, and it's fairly inexpensive. It's under a hundred dollars on Amazon, and so. It's a, it's a, it's a good deal. So if you never thought about it, maybe consider it. I mean, it's, and it's, you know, Hey, good for the environment, all that sort of stuff too. If that's, if that's important good exercise, it's good yeah. exercise, good aerobic exercise. It's not too hard. Pretty much anybody can do it. It's geared pretty well. So it, it, it gets a, it gets a good head of steam on it without too much effort. So check it out. think you might want to, if, you, if you've not thought about, about it before, uh, give it some, some thought. Maybe this is something for you. So we'll, we'll have the links for all of our picks of the week in our show notes. Uh, let's uh, maybe wrap things up. I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Mark S., Thomas D., John B., Ted K., and Bruce G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them in making this possible by visiting sqpn.com give. So that's it from us. What did you think of our discussion topics? We talked about Facebook's announcements and these apps that share your private data and our picks of the week. Let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and leave some feedback or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And we'll have the links to all of the headlines, all the news stories that we talked about and to our picks of the week in our show notes on sqpn.com. Folks, I want to ask you a favor. Can you go 
to iTunes or to wherever you get your podcast from, which, whichever directory, and write a review, a nice five-star review would be nice. Uh, the reviews uh, kick in the algorithm that shows the podcast to more people. And that's a way to spread the news about the podcast and help bring in more listeners and grow our community. That's that's a huge part of why we do this. We're, we want to reach as many people as possible with this content. And if you could share the podcast with your friends, and, and that that's a huge, a huge help to us. We can't afford to advertise and Father Angel's not going to be on Kim Commando every week. So we've got to get the news out somehow to, to more people that we're going to be on. And if you have any ideas for things you'd like us to discuss, please send us that email to technology at sqpn.com. We're always looking for topics and things to talk about and what interests you and what you want to know about. Definitely send it to us. So uh, really appreciate that. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. It's been fun. Enjoyed it. And Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you as well. Absolutely, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. 